Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I am your host, John Fleming, and today I will be interviewing Kenny Corunda, who is a friend of mine, but also an assistant basketball coach with us at Winchester High School in Massachusetts and the CEO of Corunda Group Corporation, uh, which is a real estate firm in the Boston area. Today we talk about him growing up in Uganda, moving to Waltham, Massachusetts, and taking on a number of jobs uh, to figuring out what he eventually wanted to do, which was get into real estate and some of the lessons that he has learned in that journey um, to growing his own company and brand. Enjoy. All right, welcome. And we are here today with Kenny Corunda, the CEO of Corunda Group. Um, welcome, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you um, calling me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. So if you could, just just give us a quick background of what your current role is, uh, what you're doing right now, and then um, we're going to get into some of your background. Sure. Sure. Well, so currently I'm a, a CEO of an investment firm, a real estate investment firm, and we're based in uh, Massachusetts. And pretty much keep it simple what we do is we we acquire properties um in like nationally and we pretty much find properties that need a little bit of work um a little bit of love and we do that work and we make money on that spread and we hope to uh continue to grow every single year um right now we are in three states um we're trying to get into at least four if we can we're uh, constantly growing constantly trying to improve and my job is to make it as big as I can. Awesome. And obviously we have the connection uh, through basketball, through coaching, um, and, and we'll hit on a little of that as well. But I, I think it's important here when we're talking about leadership and, and, and ways to go about that. I think when we're, we're looking at it, I think your story is really important to get the background, kind of where you came from, uh, how you grew up, and maybe how that has impacted your life. So uh, you didn't always live in the U.S. Uh, where'd you come from and, and at what age? Sure. So I'm originally from East Africa, a small country called Uganda. And um, I grew up there. I was there until about seven years old. So I really don't remember too much about, uh, you know, when I was that young. But I do remember obviously getting getting on the plane and traveling here and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave because obviously I was scared and I was young. Um, but my mom was in, in London and my dad was in the US. So I was leaving just, you know, to go to go live with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting because obviously I never, I never expected to, to live here. I never thought I'd be here. But my grandmother forced my dad to bring me here. Um, she thought I was special. <laughs> and so, um, and I was in a boarding school, so boarding schools are not really that fun back home. So she wanted to bring me here. And I came here without speaking any English. I didn't speak a single word of English. Um, and I stayed with my grandmother. I stayed with my grandmother for about four years. And my dad would come by once in a while because my dad was a hard worker. He really had a work ethic of, you know, he had like three or four jobs. And he would not, he couldn't stay with me. So he had to find babysitters. My grandmother's one and aunts and uncles but he always left me with tapes, English tapes from the library of, you know, people speaking in English, people um, conversating in English. And he said, 
to everyone not to speak Luganda, which is our national language to him, to, to, uh, to me. So he wanted me to speak English only. Like he wanted me to <laughs> not speak any single other language. And that really forced me to learn English really fast. And um, then I just got, started getting to school, started going to local schools, local high school. Uh, I went to Waltham High. And, but I, I, I had this thing inside me that I knew I always wanted money because we didn't have, we didn't have money. We didn't, we lived in like a three bedroom, a two bedroom apartment. And I saw people who had money and I wanted that. I wanted really like, I, I was very, very materialistic <laughs> to keep it simple. Like I wanted the nice stuff. Um, and I did a lot of stuff to try to get it, but I just knew that I had to figure out a way to get rich, to get really wealthy. And that was my goal. That was my number one goal. And I put my head down and I just started going after it. I started really going after it really hard and I started seeing results. So once you moved here, obviously your, your father uh, left you tapes, but you know, you weren't always necessarily around him all that much. You, you know, we've talked previously, but you know, about what high school was like for mm-hmm. you um, and what that looked like sometimes on the day to day was a lot different than probably a lot of your counterparts at Waltham high. Yes. Yes, is um it was when you when you um when you when you don't have when you don't come from a certain income, you um you experience different things. So I was I used to get these things called um lunch tickets. Yeah, lunch tickets were tickets that they gave you if you didn't have enough money to to buy lunch, and it was kind of sad and depressing because these things were kind of for the poor people. You know, everyone else could afford lunch. Everyone could afford to buy money, to buy lunch. But these tickets were kind of similar, except they gave you, you know, substandard lunch. But it was still yeah. lunch. Um, and I remember when I was younger, I'd get these, these books. And I didn't want to use them, so I'd sell them. I'd sell them to make money. You know, I always had this, you know, entrepreneur thing inside me. I just didn't know about it. And I used to sell each ticket, I think, for a dollar or a book for $20. And it was, it was that way I just started really... Um, learning that you need to have money to, to, to do some to, to do the things you want to do. And I realized you have to find a way to get money. And so that's, that's why I did. I, uh, in high school, I just, I knew I was poor, but I knew I wasn't like poor in my mind. Like I knew I, I knew I could find ways to make money. It sounds like a, an early uh, entrepreneur uh, <laughs> <laughs> selling tickets. Um, yeah. But what, what beyond there? So you, you were at Waltham High, um, you know, mm-hmm basketball played a big role in that uh in probably your your life your day-to-day but then beyond Waltham High talk to talk to us about just education was what was the value of it was there value on it beyond what you you picked up at an earlier age sure um in in terms of education I really didn't take it serious early enough um I was like you said basketball was my number one thing if it wasn't money it was basketball and I thought I'd be a basketball superstar um, I think everyone, I think, has that dream. So I wanted to play the NBA. I wanted to play everywhere. Um, so I, I, but I, I did not play high school basketball. I had a job because my dad left for Atlanta when I was 16. So I was still in high school and he left me, you know, the two bedroom apartment and for my, to pay my bills. And so I had to work a job. So I couldn't, I couldn't play for the team. I could play for the high school team. But I see these guys in, in the, you know, on pickup or play pickup outside and I would kill these guys and it's like they'd say why are you not on the team you know I was working but it was fun because I realized that 
okay, I'm going to chase this basketball dream, but I need to make sure I, I, I have something in the background just in case it doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Um, so I took education. That's when I started taking education a little bit more serious because I figured if anything ever happens, um, I could always fall back on that education. So I started, um, I, I went to um, Mass Bay Community College. Um, I enrolled about six times and I dropped out six times um, because it was just not, <laughs> I was so focused on basketball. Grades were not my, my focus, even though I knew grades would take me a little bit further. So I, um, and then finally the seventh time I enrolled and I was playing basketball for Mass Bay, made the team, um, you know, took my team to nationals. It was really fun. But then also I still got my degree uh, after two years with um, a degree in information systems and technology management. Because uh, I realized that something was going to happen. If, if, if basketball doesn't work, this might, you know, might feed me someday. Got it. And so what, you know, throughout high school, throughout, you know, your, your, your time at Mass Bay, um, mm -hmm. always working, always had jobs, um, seemingly kind of uh, relying on yourself throughout because um, you didn't always have others to, to help you out and help guide you necessarily to that. Mm -hmm. Um, so what about it kind of where the, the self-made, uh, do it yourself, uh, mentality come from? It's, 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 I mean, it's, it wasn't, um, it, I want to say it, it was just necessary. Um, I had to, because we, I didn't have money. I didn't have anybody to ask, to even ask for money, um, because we didn't have the money. So you just, you, you realize that you, I mean, I realized really at an early age that you have to work. Um, you just have to work. You have to put in some kind of work or some kind of effort to make money. Whether that's like, you know, from, cause I used to work at a grocery store. I used to work at a gas station. I did, um, I, I did all types of, every job you could think of. I mean, I, I worked at a barn where I cleaned horses stalls. I, um, I, I've done almost any job you could think of. I've cleaned bathrooms. I've, you know, everything that you could think of, I've probably done it at least once or a couple of times, you know? So you have to realize that, I realize that in order for me to make any kind of change in my life, I have to work. And I wasn't really, I didn't have an ego where I said, this job is beneath me or this job is not worth the money. I always, um, I always appreciated every dollar. So, and I, I was very, very cheap to, <laughs> I was a cheap guy. I didn't spend my money. Because I wanted, I like looking at, I like look, I like looking at it. So um, when I started really working, was really in high school. I started with really working the, the working the convenience store, then doing side gigs in terms of lawn care, um, cleaning people's houses, all those type of things. And then right after high school, when I was in college, I worked at the bookstore for the college for the for the school. I um, worked in the computer center by fixing computers. Um, I sold things obviously online and I, I really wanted to get smarter so I didn't have to do physical labor. So I started realizing that it's easier to do some other job where you're not physically working and I had to figure that out. So I started really focusing on those kind of, that kind of work because at one point I was working at a nightclub as a bouncer, I was a valet during the day and then I did overnights with um, people with mental disabilities. So I didn't sleep, I didn't even stay at my house. 
So that, that, that I realized I was gonna burn out and I realized I had to find a way to make money without me physically working. So I had to start getting smarter. I just started reading and figuring out people who, who did the same thing and made more money. And I just started following that, that kind of blueprint. So, so at some point you realized the, the, the MBA wasn't gonna happen. Um, oh. <laughs> and you know, the, the jobs that you were doing were gonna burn you out, just you know, working hard, but maybe not making that much money or, or maybe not uh, living the life that you probably wanted to lead. So at what point did you decide to either go on your own um, start your current business or what were the steps in place that uh, that took you to owning your own company? I, you know, once you start reading and start studying people who have money, you realize that 99% of them have their own business. Um, and I just started following that blueprint and everyone, you know, that's super successful has their own business. And so I didn't know how to do a business. I just, put a name out there. And I said, I'm going to be in business. You know, I didn't even know what business I was going to go into. Uh, but I knew that was going to be something I do. I do regardless. Right after, right, like right after I graduated college, um, I started working at a company called Nova Biomedical. And it was making medical devices, great money, making like 60 grand a year. And, but it was still physical labor. I used to have to be there at nine, leave at five, have the lunch break in the middle, the little 15 minute breaks in between. And it really, it really annoyed me. It really, um, it really frustrated me. Even though the job was a great job, great company. Everyone in my family thought I made it. They're like, oh, you know, you're set for life. Benefits, everything. But it really annoyed me because I had to be there every single day, Monday through Friday. And one, one um, after like three years there, I realized one of our friends was there. He's been there, he was there for 40 plus years. And they were having a celebration for him. And they gave him a little bit of piece of cake and they gave him a watch. And they gave him a, a, a cheap, now it wasn't even an expensive watch, it was a cheap watch. He just said, thank you for 40 years. I said, <laughs> I, I ate the cake and I really went back to my desk and I started really said, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't be here for 40 years. So I started just researching, started researching people and jobs and things that, can, that I can do that I don't, have to, I don't have to work for anybody. So I looked at vending machines. I looked at um, laundromats. I looked at um, travel agencies, starting an insurance company. I started just looking at all different types of businesses that were very passive or very, um, you know, very easy on the owner. Convenience stores, everything like that. And I realized that real estate was always calling me. Real estate, I just always had this calling, but I always thought I needed a lot of money to do it. So, after, after maybe about a month or two, I put in my, uh, I told my job, listen, I'm quit. I, I quit my job pretty much. I, 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 I did some stuff to make sure they fired me pretty much. I, I got fired. <laughs> um, but I, and I just started, I dove in, I bought, I bought, um, I went and just bought a four unit building in Dorchester and I just dove in. I went all in and I realized that real estate was going to be the game that I wanted to play. And that's when, you know, my company started, Corinda Group. Um, we started with just that one property and saved up, you know, hustled, learned, networked, and slowly started building from there to be able to have buildings everywhere now. So it, it just came from an inner drive of not wanting to be somewhere for 40 plus years and just get a watch.
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. I've, I've been at the, uh, unfortunately, I've been at some of the uh, teacher uh, retirements and you either get a book or you might get a watch or, or something. So it is interesting to watch that, you know, you think no matter what you did at the end of the game or end of the line, there'd be a little more payoff. <laughs> Uh, in, in a watch that says thank you and a piece of cake it's probably not the uh, the end result you wanted um, so you know you, you start your company in Dorchester buying a unit and, and where where are you at today you said you're in three different states yes um, how many how many buildings how many units where are you at sure so um, sorry right now four sometimes I forget the number sorry uh, so 20, 27 right now. Okay. So 27 units um, in three different states. We're in Mass, Pennsylvania, and Florida. Um, we were in Indiana, but we just sold that one. And we're trying to get into Texas. But um, so those are multi-family buildings. So four units, two units. Uh, the one in, in um, Pennsylvania's largest is 14 units. Um, and then we also have some land in Florida, some other stuff also. But we focus mostly on multi-family buildings. Um, and those are kind of like a bread and butter where we're looking for something that's very um not outdated but just needs a little bit of work and we just make sure that you know the owner's willing to negotiate really well and you know once we get it under contract we get we move on it quickly we, we know we don't play around we just we that's the thing that i wanted my my company to be noted for is once we find something that we want we want to make sure the transaction is as smooth as possible so that way the next deal comes in they know oh yeah these guys these guys you know they don't play around yeah that, i want that that kind of uh, image and so that's what we started and we started you know slowly building up um now we're actually you know looking at a building that's 1.4 million dollars got it okay and uh, you know we you and i but you know our, our our basketball team and program have been talking recently about <laughs> you know race equality um and what individuals can do and, and what their stake in kind of making changes are, are 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 progressing in a certain way um and one of the things that you had talked about was was kind of changing things both for your family but then also the way that you hire um in the way that you can have an impact on different people um through through being a CEO or being an owner of a group. So can you touch on that? Uh, I guess first on your own family and then second on how you can help others. Sure. Um, the, the biggest thing that actually really motivates me is my family because obviously my family's very um, splintered. You know, my mom in England, my dad in, you know, now Atlanta, I'm in Boston or, you know, living with my dad a little bit. So like a very stable family was a very thing that I wanted for myself and for my kids. So that kind of really motivated me and still motivates me today. Um, but obviously when you see what's going on, the biggest thing that I always think about is obviously protection, but also opportunity. I want to make sure, cause I have two daughters. I want to make sure two, two you know, African-American daughters, I want to make sure they have all the opportunity that they could possibly have. Um, and I'm going to do the best I can to put them in that position. And that motivates me to, to one of the, the highest levels I've ever found in motivation. So for me, I live in a town, Woburn, but I coach in Winchester, which is a very rich town. And I believe that the best opportunities for them to go to the, that kind of school. 
because they're gonna be surrounded by the people that have the opportunity and also the minds that I want them to be around. So for me, I have to, I have to build something that's large enough that is generational in terms of wealth. So I have to build it, you know, big enough for them to make sure that they have something behind so that way they can go after whatever they want to do. Um, I don't want them to struggle. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil them, but I want them to have, like I said, all the opportunity and pretty much with opportunity is money. So I believe if, if you, if you know, if, if you put them in the best opportunity, which is like a good school and, you know, money behind them, they make the best decisions. They'll make the, the, smart, the smartest decisions for themselves and also for the business because I want them to run the business too. Um, so I, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, family, family is huge. I, I can't, I can't even describe it on how big it is for me. And so if, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to grow something, I'm always thinking about, okay, what am I going to yeah. do for my kids? Yeah. For this? Okay. It's that simple. Yeah. That, I mean, obviously that makes sense and uh, setting them up for future success and, and doing it in the midst of a basketball season was an interesting start to it all. Exactly. <laughs> running out to to get your twin daughters in the middle of uh december uh, exactly. <laughs> so the 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 next piece though I, I think is also important that you touched on in our conversation um about a week or, or so ago about um once you are an owner once you are a ceo then you have the ability to mm-hmm. also look to hire in certain practices and um and where you go about getting your employees, um, mm-hmm. I found that pretty interesting. So what, what is your thought process on that now that you have employees working for you? Sure. Um, obviously, with my family taken care of, I always want to help other people also. So for me, I, since I have a business and I have an opportunity to, I really try to hire people that, um, that are struggling. And also even our housing is affordable housing. It's not expensive A-class buildings. It's really affordable housing for families, for people, single family people. Um, but I believe you can help. If you have a business, you can help so many people. So we hire, like, instead of me, and nothing wrong with going and protesting and being in the streets, I have no problem with that at all. But for me, I think with my strength is being able to come up with a project and be able to bring on plumbers, electricians, um, you know, lawyers who need the work that I, I'm, I'm helping feed their families by also work, having them work on this project. So for me, I always believe that if you can help other people, and especially in a tough time, they'll be, they'll be grateful for life. They'll even work for free sometimes because they, they, you've helped them in such a situation. So, and obviously I pay them fair, I pay everyone fair, um, but sometimes also like if a job is a $10 job, I'm not going to pay you $300 a job because I feel bad for you, you know? So it's, you have to be realistic. Yeah. Um, it's not the, you know, I'm not, it's not charity. It's a job. So yeah. and the more skilled you are, the more money you're going to make, you know, um, right now we are purchasing properties and if a person brings a property to us, it's a tough job. If you find a good property for us, it's a, it's a tough job, but you can make up to five grand just doing that. So I try to bring, I try to help people in all types of classes in terms of obviously working physical labor, but also if they're, if they're driving, they can maybe find a property for me. Or if um, they need students in terms of coaching or for credit and all that stuff, I try to give as much as I can to be able to, to hopefully get something in return in a little in the future. That's all. Got it. Yeah. 
All right. So, um, you know, when I, I think there's a few things that we'll just uh, wrap up on. Um, one of the things that I think, you know, it's clear work ethic is something that, you know, drives you, you're motivated. Um, you're, you've been probably constantly working for the better portion of your, at least a young adult to adult life. Um, and I think that stands out obviously in our connection when we're, you know, through coaching, those, those type of things kind of carry you across whether it's business coaching, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the energy, you know, when I watch you coach, you know, clearly passion and energy and work ethic are the, the three things that kind of stand out to me. And I think the, the kids that you coach feel that uh, I would imagine some of your employees feel some of those things as well. What, what is, what is your goal as a boss, as a leader uh, for your employees to kind of look at you and see you uh, in the character traits that, that you want to portray? That's, that's actually a great question, great, great question because I, I never really see it as, um, I, I never, you never look in the mirror, you know, like if that makes sense, like you never see your work ethic, other people can see it, obviously, you know, and you, and, but you know, if you're lazy, like, you know, if you procrastinate, you know yourself. And I used to be, I used to be very stubborn. I used to be very, um, very slow with things I'd have ideas, but I would be very slow. So I realized that the faster I moved, the more I got, the, the faster I moved, the, the more I got. So I started moving fast and I started making other people move fast. And I realized that it happened with basketball. You know, instead of doing, you know, 10 shots, I'll do 100 shots as fast as I can, as quick as I can in and out of the gym. You know, I realized that with that speed and that work kind of work ethic, it improved my life. So all the people around me, my employees, kids I coach, um, I, I, I always wanted to show them that I'm teaching you because I've done it before. You know, I, if, if I'm telling you how to do this, clean this, I've done it before. So I'm not, if I tell you how to do this move, I'm, cause I've done it before. You can't teach something that hopefully you have not done. You know, you're just coming from a, 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 a studious kind of mind. You want to be able to come from a mind of I've done that before and this is how you do it. And I could break down every single piece. So that comes down to my business on how to buy a property, how to fix it up, how to renovate it, how to put on a contract, everything. Then how to coach, how to, you know, physically get your body ready to play the game at a high level. Um, Cause I've done it. I've tried it for overseas and all those other things. Um, same with advertising, marketing. You know, if I tell you, you need to put up a hundred ads, it's not because I'm just saying it, it's because I've put up a hundred ads. So I always want to, I always want my team or everyone around me to, to, to see that I'm not just a talking mouth. If that makes sense. I want to show them that, you know, I'm doing it. So I want you to do it the same way or even better than me. So that's why, you know, I, I think that really helps, helps me out. And that's, and that's obviously great advice to give is that you've done everything that you're, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that you haven't done yourself. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I think that probably holds through throughout, you know, various types of leadership um, or leadership roles where, uh, you know, unless people can know that you've gone through it and done it, yourself it's kind of sometimes harder for them to 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 believe or to to jump on board exactly with what you're doing um what about any other advice um 
either people wanting to lead or start um, businesses or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a company or whatever. Um, any advice for them? Sure. Um, in terms of leadership, it's, um, you know, everyone thinks that it's, it's easy to be a leader, to be a CEO, you can just put it on a card. It's, it's a lot more than that. It's actually really a mind shift. And you have to think, actually, the biggest thing, like all my tenants, I don't want them to even know that I'm the owner. I don't want them to, be, to know that I'm the owner because you get treated different. So I want them to know me as the property manager or just the person who comes and works on the property. And that, because then you see the real person on how they act. You know, so with leadership, same thing. Like I love, there's a show called, I think I haven't watched TV in a while, but Undercover Boss, where the CEO of the company goes undercover and people react, act the way they should normally act instead of seeing him as a CEO. So for me as leader, I always believe that you're never above anybody. Just because you have the title doesn't make you any better than anybody else. You know, so leadership comes down to being humble, being humble to the people around you, your employees, everybody. Doesn't matter how old they are, what job they're doing, um, be humble and that'll make you a great leader. Doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. Just be humble and you'll be a great leader. It just gives you that kind of mindset where you have to remove your ego out the way. If you want a successful business, remove your ego. Meaning don't, don't think about, oh, I'm selling this product. No, as a business owner, you have to find out what product does the, does the, does the market want. And that's the product you sell, you know? Um, if you want to become successful in business, you have to think, you know, outside yourself. You have to think about what the other customer wants. Walmart, all these other companies make billions of dollars because they give what the customer wants. It's that simple. So in terms of business, I, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. And if, if you're trying to start a company, I would always say, try to start as young as you can. So you make as many mistakes as you can. Um, to be a great leader, you've made all the mistakes, or you've at least made a lot of mistakes, or at least you've learned from somebody else's mistakes. Um, that's one thing that could really help you is try to make as many mistakes as you can early so you can recover quicker, because obviously leadership is about, you You know, you fall, you get up, 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 and then you're like, okay, I, I think I'm, gonna, I'm done falling, you know? Um, the same thing with my kids walking, it's, you know, <laughs> They're going to get up, they're going to fall. It's, it's the same thing. So with a business, with leadership, you're going to make mistakes, but get up quickly, you know, so make those mistakes early. Um, same with the business, making mistakes early or learn from somebody else's mistakes or get mentoring from somebody who's been there before so you can avoid as many mistakes as you can. And that will easily turn you into a great leader, have a great company and, you know, hopefully make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, why don't we finish with how, how do uh, people reach out to you? How can they connect to you? Obviously you've been doing some of these zoom calls. Um, but what's the best way to reach out if, if they have questions, need advice, that sort of thing. Sure. Sure. So, um, it's the company's Corunda group. So K I R U N D A group. Um, we're everywhere on every piece of social media we have, um, you know, hopefully you can see some of our ads coming soon. Um, but on every social media, you can contact us if you want directly 781-244-0009. That's uh, the company number. And you can reach out to us if you need any educational stuff also. But we're everywhere. So you can find us. I mean, if you can't find us, then we're doing, you know, we're doing a bad job. 
Okay, perfect. All right. Well, Kenny, uh, Coach Kenny, uh, thank you again for for being with us here on uh, Lessons in Leadership. And and, uh, we'll get this out there. And if anyone has any questions, they should reach out to to Kenny directly. Uh, Some great advice uh, for anyone looking to be a leader or to go into business. Uh, So thanks again for being here on episode number one. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. And uh, you guys just follow your dreams and see you soon. See you at the top. All right. Thank you again for being, for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Kenny.